It's game time, heroes. Welcome to the Outlaws Outpost. Welcome, 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 heroes, to the Outlaws Outpost, your unofficial guide to the best Overwatch League team. Brought to you by the Surly Nerd Podcast and the official Houston Outlaw supporter group in Austin, the Lone Star Vanguard. I'm your host, James, and with me this week, we only have our special host, Hector. Hey, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the job for two people. Yeah, you just, you're going to put in all the work this week. All right? the work. All right, for those of you new to our show, what the heck is the Outlaws Outpost? Well, it just so happens that our favorite Overwatch team is the Houston Outlaws, and we have way too much to say about them, so here we are, ready to chat and debate all things Outlaws. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about weeks one and two of stage four, with our player of the cast being Lynxer. Before that, let's recap. So week five was the final week of stage three, and it was pretty brutal. We go into the, our, our fight thinking that we can have an easy win against San Francisco, and instead they push us into map five and shut us down. From there, we go up against Seoul, and it's like all hope has been lost at this point. We've been 4-0'd, and we leave stage three with heavy hearts. It was absolutely brutal. Yeah, no, it was completely crushing. Watching, we knew we hadn't done that well in the stage so far. Mm. We were just kind of, you know, watching them as fans and, you know, knowing that they were going to give it their all. But we, I, I mean, I personally didn't have a lot of hope in them winning those. But watching the defeat to Seoul, that, that, we, we got handled. Like, mm. there's no better way to say that. They just shut us down left and right. Yeah. So that takes us into stage four, week one. So we are in a new meta at this point, right? Yeah, the everything's changed. changed right? Everything's like, changed, yeah. Br- Brigitte's shown up. Mm-hmm. And last week on the show, we kind of talked about how our player of the cast was Spree. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons we thought that it was important to talk about Spree is that we felt that he was going to be very uh, important to what was going to be coming next. Oh, yeah. And it showed literally in the first week in the first game of stage four. Within the first few minutes Within the of that game. Within a few minutes. Our first map is against London, of course, because if you follow the show, you know that we always start against London. And we're on King's freaking row. And I don't even know what to say about what I saw. I'm actually kind of confused because it didn't look like London showed up at all. Like, is this just because of the Brigitte meta? Is it the fact that links are killed literally everybody all the time? I could give the audience a play-by-play of King's Row, but it was over so quickly, I, I don't even know if it's worth to talk about. No, it was... It almost felt like London was, uh, like... Experimenting, trying to get used to a few things, they may not have been exactly sure what we were going to come out with. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, who was that week, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's strategies had changed at least a little, some drastically. Ours had definitely shifted. Yeah. Spree right out of the gate, all of a sudden, you know, we have a Zarya on our team. We have three healers at some point. And yeah, we, we're, doing, we're running triple support, yeah. which is like the new, like new in meta right now. Right, and Linkser comes out <laughs> with this... Widow play, and he's he's been a good widow as we've gone on, but it's like he, you know, like took off his glasses and now he was Superman. Whereas <laughs> right. Clark Kent is only handsome; he can't fly or lift mountains or shit. Linkser was lifting mountains. Right. He was playing this attack mode 
hyper aggressive widow and just taking and they were doing everyone dual snipers. out. Yeah, we, we had a Hanjo too. It was like triple support dual snipers. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck meta are we in? Like, what the fuck changed? Yeah, no, and it's Zarya. Zarya, that bubble that her ultimate sets up so perfectly for and for for a Hanzo ultimate that there you can't not have both. Right. And they leveraged that and absolutely walked over the top of London. Yeah. So next up is Lunar Horizon Colony and the beating just continues. London's putting up a hell of a fight, but we take the first two points with ease. London pushes back and takes point 1 from us but can't seem to take point 2. We come back from halftime having taken Horizon Lunar Colony without a problem to Lijiang. A control point map. Mm-hmm. And you would think this is where London might stop us. Right. Yeah. Notoriously not our best. Right. No, we, we take them without giving them a point and move on to map four Gibraltar. Now, this is where the London that we know finally shows up. They throw down to a hell of a fight mm-hmm. until four of them literally run away from Muma <laughs> playing Brigitte. And you can go back and you can see this in the replay. Yep. Muma by himself playing Brigitte runs towards London. Four of their players just scatter just to the run wind. away. They're it was like, the most hilarious thing I think I've ever seen in uh, Overwatch League. Just the absolute like dominance that because they they set up on Gibraltar right around that little curve where you can harass a little bit. Right, and the only one who comes out is Brigitte, and she's just walking towards them, and they're backing away, and she keeps walking towards them, and they start backing away faster and then round the corner and she's at this point going up the stairs on the far side trying to get at them and they just keep running away yeah you could almost put like the benny hill theme in there oh and it's man. just like muma is brigitte running towards london and them just like scattering to the wind uh, it was it was way too good to watch it, nobody wanted to be caught on their own nobody wanted to be stunned and then knocked back into the rest of the uh uh over the, the rest of the outlaws coming behind brigitte yeah and i mean i feel like that play almost summarizes the whole set of matches against London at that point. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, we walk in and they, and then they scatter. And yep. this is just not the London that we're used to. No. London, while we have you typically beaten them in the first round, in the mm-hmm. first week, it always, it, it always runs close, right? Mm-hmm. Ever since like, ever since like set two, when we yeah. had our revenge game against them for the, the playoffs. Oh, right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it was all about showing up and really, you know, the fight was going back and forth all the time. But now it was just like, who were these players? Like, did, did they just not understand the, the meta changes? Were they not ready for our meta changes? There's a lot of stuff going on here in the background. I think that was it because we kept catching them with stuff that was absolutely not in the stage three meta. Lots of, uh, lots and lots of Zarya ults that, that the Graviton, yeah, just caught them over and over and with that. And not just two, like three, four, five, six at a time. They would yeah. all be in that thing and just get rocked. And it would Jake, happen two Jake's, or three times a map. Yeah, and Jake's barely on his Junkrat at all, yeah. right? He's no. on his Genji, he's on mm-hmm. his Hanzo, he's he's on other things, and maybe they were just ready for the Jake Rat to show up, and that was their their win objective was like take down Jake Rat. Right. And when Jake Rat doesn't show up to play, you're like, Oh well fuck, how do we adjust? Exactly. And I didn't know Jake had those Han uh had those Hanzo chops, but and he you was know what's killing crazy it. Crazy about those Hanzo chops is that you know, there's a lot of there's that that joke in the community mm. prior to the Hanzo rework about the uh, being a Hanzo main and how mm. you kind of are bad as a player because you're relying on a shot the, the scatter shot. Uh-huh. Right? But if you go back and watch Jake's replays, he gets 
less of his kills with scatter shot. A lot of times he misses his scatter shots. Yeah, that's true. He actually hits. He's a lot more precise with his skill shots mm-hmm. when he's playing as Hanzo, and I think that's the most impressive thing to to kind of take away from that. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's how he builds up his ult so quickly because every time there was a graviton, there for every graviton there were at least two dragons. Right. Like he was throwing dragons left and right, and that comes from accuracy. And not we were from seeing things arrow. like dragons crossing each other. Oh like, yeah, it was so beautiful. Like with like two Hanzo popping off at the same time firing their dragons and you're like it's just a work of art like overwatch is just a work of art at that point yeah you watch that and you're like i love it when that happens Mm -hmm. so we finish up with london and then we go to my birthday may 18th Mm -hmm. boston versus houston and i'm not gonna lie i was nervous as hell going into this boston's an incredible team yeah right i mean boston is absolutely an incredible team they are top of the list right now it's nuts. Mm-hmm. And so we start things ago- uh, off again in King's Row. Yep. And Linkser is dominating. Mm. It's starting to feel like London all, all over again. Spree Zarya combo with Jake's Hanzo's ultimates. They are literally keeping Boston from getting point fucking A. And I've said this a lot of times, and I understand that like sometimes games go bad. Sure. But King's Row A ain't that hard to get. No, it's immediately next to the spawn point. I mean, you should be able to, even if the other team's a lot better than you, you should be able to take it before your three minutes is right, up. Right, because they, they have the longer walk. They have uh, The walk is three to four times as long. Exactly. Like, it's awful. Yeah, and just the fact that Boston couldn't get point A. And it almost seems effortless as we go on the offense and we take both point A and the map from Boston. Yep. We just we just walked in there basically and we we're like, mm-hmm. oh point A, yeah, that's ours. Thanks. Point point for Houston, right? Yep. So map two is Hanamura and Boston comes back, right? Mm. They grab point A, they start to push into point B. Then Jake's on Brigitte and we've got this triple support action going on like we were just talking about. Yeah. But this time they're teaming it with a dive combo. So you've got Muma on the monkey, you've got Kulmat on, on uh, Diva, and they just lock Boston out of point B on Hanamura. Yep. Like for a long time. Like they didn't get point B mm-hmm. at all. Like it was insane. No, but like, I mean, what I mean is that by the time they got to point B, there was still a lot of time left on that clock. Right. So they sat there and maintained that point, just just killing it for four or five solid minutes. Yeah, and it was it was nuts to kind of sit there and watch it. And there was a couple times if you go back and watch the replays, like you think that kind of Point B is going to get oh, yeah, taken you're, down. You're, you're pretty sure there's like, okay, like... How, they got like three picks. Yeah. Like, that's li- it. There's no way we can come back from this. And someone would come back and just clutch it out and hold point B. Yeah. It, it's absolutely insane to go back. And it's definitely worth going back and watching the Hanamura stuff because, mm-hmm. I mean, you had... I, I don't even know. Because we go on offense after that. And when we take point A, mm-hmm. Cool Matt's rocking the Zarya this time. Right. Backing up Muma's Rhine. And then, whoops... Here comes the Linkser Widow and Jake's Hanzo. And it was just like, hi, guys. We showed up to party. (laughs) It it was ridiculous watching this. No, no. It was was really awesome. They were were playing in really high form. Because when we were on attack at Hanamura, I remember that the... uh, it took us a long time to take the first point. Mm -hmm. They they held us pretty hard. We came out 
probably with something not quite as uh, new school as we had been rocking. You know, we're just like, all right, it's Pointe Hanamura. Mm-hmm. And they held us there for, uh, you know, two or three solid minutes where it was like, right. we got to get on this point. We got to put a toe on it or something. Mm-hmm. That's when all the switches happened. And we, yeah, we, compl- I did not think we were going to capture Pointe. Yeah. And then we just came back. Like, I blinked and I missed it. And here's it. the weird thing as a fan of the Outlaws, obviously, that's why we do this show. I was kind of going into it going, you know, I want them to beat Boston, mm-hmm. but as a person who watches the Overwatch League, who watches professional level Overwatch, I was like, it, there's a, a chance Boston's going to come back from this. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen it. Like, Boston's a good team. Yeah. And it's true because about halftime, we go to Oasis and Boston comes to play at that point. Oh, that right? was a rough one. Yeah. Right. Both teams score a point on the map. But Boston applies just a little too much pressure to Houston. Alt combos a little bit better than Houston can on point three. This gives map, uh, Boston a point on the map and brings us to map four, right? Mm-hmm. So it's 2-1 right. Right, going into this. And we go to Gibraltar. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember we just talked about London and Gibraltar? Oh. Like, here we go. Boston only gets one point on Gibraltar. Jake's Hanzo continues to clean up creating room for the team, and eventually he swaps off to Brigitte as they get close to victory. Houston blows several alts going into the final point. Jake rallies at the end to give them everything they need to take the game against Boston. So we only needed two points of the three to win it. And it was this combination of our alts. It was a combination of doing the right switches at the right time. I mean, we took down Boston. Yeah, no small feat. We took down London and Boston all within a week. Yep. This is no small feat. Seriously, let's talk about this. This is so no, fucking like, impressive. Like London, obviously, stage one winner. Um, I mean, Boston, the top right now. They, right. They, they are doing great right now. It's the, it's them and, like, Nixle, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're, they're the top-end teams. Yes. The yeah. teams to beat. And we waltzed in there like yeah. we were getting brunch. Yeah, I wasn't sure how the Boston game was going to go. I felt really good after seeing what happened in London. But, you know, we got to Boston. I was like, oh, they're a lot hotter right now than London is. Mm-hmm. And then when we beat him, I was like, okay, we're in it. We're good. Right. We can. I, we're, we got a lot of momentum. Let's steamroll this all the way through stage four. And I feel like as a Houston fan, like that defeat, like beating Boston, like sent me into like super saiyan mode yeah i was like this is our stage Mm -hmm. it's time for houston to show the fuck up it's time to see the houston that we saw in stage one and i still and i get it i'm a houston fan but i still firmly believe we could have gone a lot further in the playoffs if we did than we did if we weren't so exhausted by the point that we got to. Mm, yeah, for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. When we got into our fight against London, we were two games in already. Our players were tired. Yeah. They'd been playing for 10, 15 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, that's enough to kick anybody's ass. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that's, that's unhealthy at that point, you know? And, you know, you get tired. You get, uh, uh, frankly, bored. Yeah. You, you know, that you doing anything for that long there's a reason that like the longest game anybody watches is what golf yeah like you know it takes an afternoon it's like three or four hours of like watching people stand around and the players get tired Mm -hmm. yeah it's one of those things if you go and watch any kind of how do i get better at like overwatch youtube videos Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there'll be positioning there'll be tons of things out there that um you know will be skill based but a lot of the higher level players will be like take a break Mm -hmm. walk away when you're doing your, you know, your placement matches for the season, do two or three, 
stop for the night. Yeah. Don't do anything crazy. Get get some rest. Don't do them all at once. Yeah. Like seriously taking that time and having that breather. And I feel like that's what happened to us in the playoffs is that Mm -hmm. we were being forced into a position where we had to keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. And by the end of it, you're just, you're defeated, right? Like you're like, yes, I'm winning, but the adrenaline from winning can only take you so far. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's one of those things that people who play long games of Overwatch, like they'll, they'll play all night Mm -hmm. and they'll say, well, I'll, win or I'll quit when I win or I'll quit when I lose. Yeah. You're only hurting yourself at that point because you're, you're overextending yourself as a player. Yeah. That's how you lose rank. You throw good money after bad. You're like, all right, well I lost the last two, but I, I, I feel good about this next one. That's when you stop playing. Right. Right. You just got to back away from the table at some point. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I got to admit, I was riding the hype train going into week two of stage four. Oh, very much so. Right. I was excited. I couldn't wait. Like, I, I'm usually, like, more of a fan of the weekend games because, I don't know, they're just, you know, I am I can be at my house and just chilling and watching. But I came into Wednesday or waiting for that Houston game like, like a kid. Like, oh, right. I can't wait to see whose ass we whoop today. Right. And we were going up against the LA Gladiators, which is a pretty <laughs> important team to beat. Yeah. And that's the thing is that... I was coming into this going, you know what? We beat fucking Boston. Yeah. Like, all right, LA, show up. I thought I thought of the Gladiators, like, all right, this will be a good fight. And I'm Never not, for a second thought we'd lose. Right, and I'm not saying that the Gladiators is a bad team at all. Oh. I was just saying that we beat Boston, and mm-hmm. I was riding that high going yeah. into it. I was just like, yeah, all right, let's do this thing. Is that kind of because, you know, if I watched a Boston Gladiators game, a Boston versus Gladiators game, I'd have no question who was going to win. Right, exactly. So we open up again with King's Row. And at this point, we're all kind of hoping slash expecting an easy win, right? Mm. But the gladiators should really show up. And as we try to push into the final point, we've got links are popping off. We're trying to do everything we can to do get all to get all points on King's Row, and we do get them, right? We get all three points. Yeah. But it ran down to the wire. We go into yeah. overtime, which means if gladiators do anything, if they get to all three points before we do, they get the advantage. Mm-hmm. So we managed to stop L.A. on point B on King's Row. And all of a sudden, all of us Houston fans are thinking, we might actually have this. Mm -hmm. Sure, King's Row wasn't the easiest push for us. Like it was the first couple games. Yeah. But we did get them. Yeah. So we go into Hanamura. And then we don't even score a point. Not a single point. That was... We... It was ugly like the gladiators completely dominate us and it takes them next to nothing for them to take the map Mm -hmm. right we head into oasis but as we go into oasis like we lose raucous linkser banny we lose all of them to shaz's zenyatta Right? Yeah. Like his Zenyatta was just wrecking us. The Zenyatta was going crazy and everyone's sitting there going, what? To, okay, so Zenyatta's, he can get some kills. Right. Zenyatta, when left to his own devices, you know, there's Zenyatta over there. Oh, no, I get hit by too many balls and I'm dead. But most of the time it's, there's Zenyatta. Someone go kill it. Right, exactly. Not That's be like afraid of it. Thing. And this Zenyatta was just owning the map. Yes, yeah, she Zenyatta was so good. So Houston blows Four alts to finally get some ticks on the map after LA's taken it to 99%. But eventually, LA just kind of walks back in and takes point one. Yep. And point two doesn't go much better. Houston manages to push it to like 99 to 99 on Oasis. But eventually, it just falls with the Gladiators because they just push us around too much. Yeah, they, right? we had, they had uh, 
really powerful fire in there. She was giving us the business. Yeah, absolutely. So the best we can hope for as Houston fans at this point is to go to a map five. Mm-hmm. But as we head into Dorado, when we saw Houston only get one point on Dorado, mm. we were like, ah, that's GG. Yeah. Like, only getting one point in draw. I mean, they, to be fair, like they had the cart right, right next to the second point. Yeah, but but they didn't quite make it. And I hold to. I, I've always held that I hate Dorado. It is my least really? favorite map in Overwatch. Wow, that that is impressive. Yeah, so I just have I you played, don't have you played like Rialto it. the new map yet? Uh, yeah, I, it's it, it has issues right at the front. Yeah, it does yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like, you know, it, d- it does feel kind of Dorado-esque. It does. You know, whether or not that is a good thing or a bad thing is your, really depending on your opinion about There's Dorado. Just the, the massive choke right at the beginning of both Dorado and yeah. of Rialto. But D- Dorado specifically, that U-bend is just so ugly because mm. you cannot expose yourself to a line of sight that's better for you than them. Right. You're just always walking around a corner and they're ready to shoot you. And they're still working on some things. Like I was reading something on Overwatch University recently about where you like you can position yourself to like properly do like uh, a Ryan ultimate mm-hmm. where it'll hit everybody, but you're not really taking fire from the enemy team because the thing's blocking the way. Well, that's interesting. There's, there's some interesting things they've got to work out of the system. So mm-hmm. I'm actually really surprised that it's, it's entered into competitive multiplayer the way that it has yeah. as quickly as it has. Uh, but yeah, I mean, back to Dorado, I mean, we got a point and almost got the second one. The gladiators just walked in there and they were just like, hey guys, what's up? We're just going to steamroll yeah, you the whole time. It was ride. less than half the time it took us to cap point one before they had won the map. Yeah, exactly. So that takes us into our final week fight in week two, which is against the San Francisco Shock. Now, I know that the, the San Francisco Shock are, are currently a force to be reckoned with, mm-hmm. but I was pretty hopeful because while they're good, they're on the up and up, right? Like they're, they're, they're climbing the ladder. Mm-hmm. But they're not like at the at the top. Yeah, yet. but they, they were certainly not insurmountable. It was a team that you know, walking in, I thought we can we can absolutely win this. Yeah. So everything opens up on Blizzard World, and that's where the shock just walk into the first point, no problem. It's like mm-hmm. they were fucking order and takeout. Yeah, they were just like, hey guys, boom. Between Sleepy and Sinatra, we can't keep up with them. Sinatra's Brigitte is just out Brigitte. Brigitting, 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 Jake's Brigitte over and over. When we go on offense, Jake swaps over to Genji, which does give us the advantage and gives us point A. He swaps back to Brigitte for point B, but it's just not enough. Shock damn near team kills us before we can finish point B. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, like, are we just getting outplayed at this point? Because they're running almost the exact same configuration we are. That's true. They were. It was like a mirror match. I like it, not quite like you know player change for player change, but they were basically running our exact same attack, um, our exact the same attack comp against us. Right. On and the only difference was is that when Jake made that switch over to Genji, which did give us an advantage, mm. but then he realized shortly after taking point A, like that's not going to work for point B because Genji just doesn't work very well for that. Right. He goes to the Brigitte, but. It doesn't work because if they're mirror matching us, they're outplaying us at every turn at this point. Yep. So next up is Horizon Lunar Colony and San Francisco just walks all over us, taking both points with 244 on the clock. We have Linkser on Zarya, Mm -hmm. but that means that the Shock's architect, like Architect's Widow, Mm -hmm. is just eating us. Yeah. 
Because if they have a widow, we have to counter widow. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the Houston Outlaws, who are you going to counter widow with? He's Linkser. He's Linkser. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> like that's it. So Linkser's on Zarya, and it made sense because they're trying to push in with like Muma and all of that stuff. But I think that the problem there in Lied is that they didn't try and counter pick after they started getting dropped by Architect. Right. Right. As soon as Architect's widow showed up. That should have been like, all right, look, I know that we were going for a Ryan Zarya, mm. let's move in with this kind of combination because that's the good meta right now. Yeah. But we got to take care of that widow. That Our win condition at that point was take down Architect. Yeah. And the man who should have been able to do that was Linkser, mm. but he was being relegated to off tank at that point. And I think that we just didn't think about that fast enough. We were too committed to the play mm-hmm. and not trying to adjust on the fly. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been... I mean, the Architect was responsible for most of the kills against us that map. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even at some point, we did try to counter-swap, right? Like, But the thing is, Linkser didn't try to counter-swap Widow. He tries to counter with a Genji swap. Right. Right? And you're like, okay, I could see it. Like, that, that, that is a way to take down a Widow. It's a great it? way to harass and disrupt a Widow, unless she's really, really good. Right. So one of the crazy things that happened during the San Francisco battle is that we actually see something that we never see ever in pro OW. I don't even know if I see it when I play my comp matches. <laughs> and that is an outside space battle on Horizon. Yeah, no, that never happens. Like Houston's trying to run away and they get chased down into space and they're just being like San Francisco San Francisco's just like la di da di da like we're just going to like kill your diva outside. No, I've seen players like duck into the, you know, outside space battle area being chased like ready like hunted down and killed by the other team and the other team just won't follow them through there yeah they're just like well they can stay out there we'll meet them at the other door <laughs> but yeah we we simply can't counter architect sniper without links or swapping and we don't even get one point against san francisco yep like horizon no lunar colony a map that we pretty regularly dominate mm-hmm. like, we're good at that map and architect showed the hell up yeah it was ridiculous so after halftime, it's Oasis, and of course, when we say Oasis, that usually means it's not going well. No, Oasis is bad for us. It has been. <laughs> like, just eternally a, yep. a map that's been bad for us. And so on, we're at point uh, one point on the first control, like control point. San Francisco had six ultimates banked, right? Yep. First control point, they've got six ultimates banked. And, like, it, at that point, what do you do? Yeah. Like, right? It, it's just that ridiculous that, that we are being handed the floor so badly. I mean, Houston manages to get some time on the point after San Francisco took the clock to 99, but it's just not enough. Right. The shot comes in with five alts. They clean us up. Baby Bay's McCree is just putting in work. On the second control point, it's not much better. Super's Arisa is literally, literally on point, and Houston <laughs> can't seem to gain any ground. At this point, we've lost the set, and you can only imagine what's going through the Outlaws' heads as they move into Dorado. Like, yeah, we've, uh, we've lost three, we've lost the set. Like, Nick, fuck me, I have to play on Dorado now. Like, yeah, fuck me, I have to play on Dorado. <laughs> like, do I even... Do I even show up to this match? Right. Right. And it's difficult because they've talked about this during the Outlaws focus segments with that. We, you know, when you lose three maps, it's mm-hmm. hard to bring your A game to the yeah, fourth one. It would be for me, man. Right. Because you've technically lost the set, but you have to have 
the map win for map, you know, for the, the, the map spread essentially yeah. right at the end of the season. So we've already lost the set. Everybody's in my mind, everybody in the outlaws is just exhausted mm-hmm. you know, mentally at this point. Uh, I can't speak for them, but you know, if they want to write in and let us know what they were thinking at that point. Yeah. And here's the thing. Architect starts as widow. He moves to Genji and he just drops us mm-hmm. repeatedly. We have a hell of a stall on the third point, but San Francisco just eventually overpowers us and takes it on offense. It's just a mess. Sinatra's junk rat just keeps getting picks left and right. There's fat tires everywhere and they don't even let us get to point A. Nope. It was like running into a brick wall. Yeah. And we just fall to San Francisco. So, you know, game two. Mm. I mean, it's tough. So let's talk about this, Hector. Two weeks, right? Weeks Mm -hmm. one and two of stage four. Two weeks two very different weeks couldn't be more different right so week one right what went right right we walked into stage four and we just put our figurative dick on the table and yeah. we're like guys here we are we're, we've shown up to play i i couldn't tell you like i know like we we were clicking on all the right levels week one for sure. I mean, I don't have any. Spree showed up. You know, yeah, he's, Spree he's... showed up, brand new, shiny, and Zarya'd his mind out. Yeah, and you know, we, we didn't see the same, really the same, the, the the same kind of performance from week two. Same for Linkser. Linkser had so much confidence in week one. He was he did. going out, branching out. He would flank on attack to just get those widow shots. You didn't really see that week. There two. was this picture that I saw on Twitter, and it was very cute. And it was a it was a drawing of Cool Matt mm-hmm. like holding a diva blaster dragging Linkser away holding a sniper rifle <laughs> and the picture like the caption is Linkser going like but one more just one more <laughs> and cool Matt's like no we're going like that's what week one was it was like it Linkser was. just showed up and he was just like and I'll kill you and you and you he and was you, picking off you. everybody he made the highlight reel that week Linkser was uh yeah they, they do the top five like you know five to ten second plays basically the play of the game but you only get five for the entire week and right. he was on that list just headshot after headshot mm-hmm. taking out and I, healers and, and ulting people and i don't want to put the whole thing on linkser no no but because the whole team obviously was operating at such a, a well-oiled level right mm-hmm. um but you go back and you watch those replays and you can see linkser's influence just yeah it, it does help right mm-hmm. i mean when you play great competitive overwatch it isn't about getting a team kill. It's about getting one to two picks, and that's enough for your team to move in on the enemy team. Right? Yep. You're not playing deathmatch at that point. You're playing as an organized squad trying to tackle an objective. Yep. So we know that the teamwork was there, obviously. Linkser is definitely popping off. We had Spree on the Zarya that was so good. It all, it all just felt cohesive and good and right. Even Jake on the Hanzo. But then we have to ask ourselves, week two, what went wrong? Why did things start falling? They, uh, you, you've said, you know, win condition a few times on the show. And I think the other teams found ours. The right. same as when so they I guess figured I, out. I should, I should specify, when yeah. I say win condition, mm-hmm. what I mean is not the objective to win a map. Mm-hmm. I mean, the win condition is what do I need to win an engagement? Right. To be able to take point A, it isn't just get on point A and sit on it. Mm-hmm. No, it's maybe it's kill their widow. Kill their Zenyatta. 
you know, focus this target right. that will allow us to push in and win the thing. And so exactly. And so ours used to be Jake, you know, and they would like get get the Jake, get him out of the game and we'll, you know, mow everyone else down. But Jake was that win condition. Right. And, you know, week two, we saw a lot of uh, we saw a whole lot of, you know, our uh, spree linkser, you know, our our great tanks, our, our healers. You just they would find the one that was vulnerable and start picking them off to the point where it was just a five V six. Whenever we would engage, we saw that from both teams fighting against us. And the moment like architect showed up for San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I mean, his win condition was just kill everything. Yeah. Like he was architect in San Francisco in week two was linkser for Houston in week one. Yeah. Like he showed up and it was just, there was no stopping him at that point. And our win objective at that point should have been to focus architect as much as possible. And we were just, it seemed like we were stuck. We we picked a configuration to go into the fight with, and we were having trouble kind of changing. You get minor changes like, you know, Jake moving from Brigitte to Genji mm-hmm. or Linkser from, you know, Zarya to Genji. But it, none of them felt like, the team was really trying to counterpick against the enemy team. They were trying to make minor compensations to help them get to a point, but it just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that there was a little bit of identifying that win condition at that point, your win condition on like horizon lunar colony against San Francisco is architect. Yeah. Right. You've got a pinpoint. That's our problem area. He's getting most of the kills. We need to switch to a dive comp, dive on that widow. Yeah. That'll open it up for everybody. I know that we weren't in a dive comp before, but we need to adjust them. We could have disrupted him. We could have swapped at least maybe like uh, Azaria for a freaking monkey and just, you know, sent him over there to the very least make her stop shooting us. Right. So I guess the bigger question here is, is there anything that we could have done to stop these two teams, the Gladiators and the San Francisco Shock. I think that's why the pros get paid the big big bucks, man. If I I I, I, I wish like if I had the answer to that question, I'd be working for over exactly. League. Like I don't know. I was watching them play. I watched both of those both of those matches, and I saw us getting beat. And I couldn't. And besides that moment you talked about with Artifact, I I couldn't really say why we were losing our engagements. We were just getting outplayed. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, there was a, definitely a, a bit of getting outplayed, and I know that they've talked about it on the on the focus stuff they've been done been doing for YouTube. That sometimes you get in your own head, and mm-hmm. it just kind of you kind of shut down because of that. Um, I I don't know. I I go back and I've, I watched them during the initial uh, run of them, and I've gone back and rewatched them as I was pouring over the notes for the show, and I feel like a lot of it just came down to. Uh, uh, and I'm I'm not their coach, mm-hmm. so I mean, take this with a grain of salt. Sure, um, there could have been some easy counter picks that they had happened faster mm-hmm. would have at least get, given us the breathing room to have made progress. I will not say with confidence that we would have won those engagements or won those maps, but I feel like we would have made substantially more progress on those maps had we been counterpicking to the enemy team. Yeah. Right? Or more correctly identifying our win condition. Take out architect. Mm-hmm. You know, get up there with a dive comp. Do something. At least we would have gone farther than we did. After that, I don't know because obviously I can't see into the potential future, right. the multiverse, to say what it is. But I do feel like if I was their coach, those would have been the few things I would have said immediately. Like, we need to counterpick faster. We need, you know, our callouts faster. Mm-hmm. Like, like go, 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 go. You saw architect picking us off. Let's, 
yeah. get on that. So react quickly and react much faster. Because, right. you know, if you react correctly and slowly, it, you didn't react at all. Right. So that brings us to our next question uh, and our final question for this part of the panel, which is what do you think that we, and we say this as Houston Outlaws fans, mm-hmm. but we technically mean we the team. Yeah. What do the Houston Outlaws need to change going into these next two weeks? Like if you had to just pick something off the top of your head, going into the next two weeks to like make make us shine. I think the thing that first comes to my mind is study. Uh, what I didn't see last week, I didn't see a lot of weaknesses exploited on those two teams. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe if we knew them a little better, we'd have had some strategies, maybe not to counter what they were doing to us, but to make them unable to execute their plan at all. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see us as the team that goes in and you know takes out a weakness and comes up with a plan around it. Um, that and that will win we, us the next week. We've seen them do that to us. We have. Right? Our, like you said earlier, the enemy's win condition for a long time was taking out our Jake rat. Mm-hmm. And you saw that in stage two. Yep. They went after him left and right. Oh, yeah. It was. And he, so he couldn't stand m- up. maybe it is time. Maybe it is time for the coaches to sit down with everybody and watch other teams you know, and I don't know if they do this or not. I assume they probably do. Yeah. But maybe they don't spend as much time doing it or as much time studying. Again, we don't know, guys. Email mm-hmm. us. Please let us know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit more study mm-hmm. is needed at that point. Yeah. Um, there's there's a few things. I mean, again, I know that I'm kind of beating a dead horse with this comment, but these counterpicks, the speed at which you need to be counterpicking yeah. uh, against other players is super, super important. And I felt like if we had just had that, we would have had this whole thing on lockdown a little bit better than where we ended up. Yeah. Agreed. So I guess that's kind of where I'm at. We need to counter pick faster and I don't know, like put spree in a little bit more. Yeah. I'd love to see, you know, uh, man, that first week, all that, you know, the, the, the spree, uh, the, the, the spree, uh, Jake rat, you know, obviously Jake Hanzo, but, but the, 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 you know, the spree Jake combinations, I'd love to see that stuff. I want to see right. more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that wraps up everything for our Houston recap. But of course, we've got our player of the cast, which is our little getting to know the outlaws section of the show. And this week, we are talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Linkser. Linkser. So Linkser is our Finnish player, Mm -hmm. obviously. And we've talked about him a lot during this particular episode. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that I didn't actually pick Linkser because of... Like, you know, wa- having watched him through the last couple of weeks. Right. It just, he happened to fall into the schedule of like, I was going to put Linkser here. And then Linkser showed the fuck up. Yeah. For stage four. It's always great when that happens. Right. So Linkser's main uh, characters are Genji, Widowmaker, and McCree. We haven't seen as much of his McCree, but he does, it does show up every once in a while. Right. But McCree is, is uh, really easy to counter right now. Yeah. It's very situational in this meta. Yeah. Very. You know, you you look at a McCree and you go, well, I want, I want a McCree because of stuns. But you mm-hmm. go, well, Brigitte. Right. Right. In fact, that's almost the answer to most things right yeah. now. It's like. If you want to, if you want stuns, go Brigitte. If you want the long range hits, go Widow. Yeah. There you go. It's taken care of. Mm-hmm. So. He is a straight up Overwatch player. Like if you look at his record, all the all the teams that he's worked for, he's been an Overwatch player. Uh, his background has been in Overwatch. If you go watch the old Focus episodes, um, and he brings such a high level of skill to the team. Yeah, like he's been on, on several teams before the Outlaws, but he really made Houston his own. And 
when you go and you watch Linkser play, like watching Linkser play Widow makes me want to play Widow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's knowing that when I go and play Widow, I'm going to be so bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like 10 years ago, me playing Unreal Tournament probably could have played Widow back then. Yeah, sure. I remember those days. Yeah, like, when I, that's when back I Back when my brain, you know, hadn't been, you know, addled, rattled by alcohol and <laughs> drugs. Right. So, I mean, you watch, just watch and play. And, and not only is it skill, but just finesse. I really wish, like, you'll, you'll just go back and watch some of Linkser's best plays. And he will just, like, pixel perfect snipe somebody yeah and it's smooth it's a motion that goes not just to the enemy's head but through it and he just clicks his mouse at the correct time like you could almost like see him like writing a cheeky little signature like in the mask of zorro sort of way with his mouse cursor and he just blows their faces off it's crazy so what is about linkster that we love so much yeah, that. I mean, the style, <laughs> definitely. And you know what I like about him personally is after uh, week one of stage four, they talked to him about his widow and how he showed the fuck up. And he said, uh, you know, the last couple of seasons, I had a bit of a crisis of confidence, but I feel like I have it back now. I feel like I don't second guess myself when I make bold moves, when I do, you know, run up on flanks and expose myself a little bit, but so that I can get those important kills. Right. I mean, he has gone on to say that the thing that really motivates him the most and drives him the most and inspires him the most Really, it's just uh, K-pop. So, I mean, there's that, I guess. Uh, you know, it, uh, did not uh, K-pop has a very interesting history. I liken <laughs> it a lot to uh, professional wrestling in the United States. It's almost like a manufactured thing for the sake of group entertainment. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just a he's a very bright personality. Obviously, we talk a lot in the show about how. The outlaws feel very much like a family. Everybody has a place. Everybody, you know, even like Mendo, who hasn't played during the proper sessions, he still feels like part of the family. They still look after each other. Yeah. Um, and and Links are just that for them. He fits this role of their their DPS. I mean, if you look at the three main characters he plays, Genji, Widowmaker, and McCree, mm-hmm. that's a very specific type of character that you play. Yes. But he's not afraid to show up as Zarya if he needs to. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's kind of an as needed basis, right? Right. He's he's the head clicker and he and he clicks those heads. And he clicks the hell out of those heads. Yeah. Yeah, so here's you Linkser. We absolutely love you and we love watching your plays. Hopefully we see some more amazing Linkser action I can't uh, wait. in in weeks 3 and 4 coming up. All right, that's everything that we have for this week's episode of The Outlaws Outpost. If you want to if you want to send us your love for The Outlaws to read on air, just send it over to info at com. That is our email. Um, if you're in our Austin area, come to our watch parties. We would love to meet fellow Outlaws fans. Um, of course, we are at The Surly Nerd on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash The Surly Nerd. That is our main podcast that we do every Monday at about 7.30 CST. Sorry, my cat is trying to like ruin the podcast right now. <laughs> she just wants to be part of the camera. Just always. Uh, so yes, yeah, so facebook.com slash the Surly Nerd. You can find out when we're going live. Our main show, The Surly Nerd, is a, a nerd news uh, podcast about movies, comics, entertainment, all things nerdy, all things wonderful. And of course, every other Thursday, we do the Outlaws Outpost uh, podcast on Thursdays at 7.30 CST. That is everything that I have for the show this week because Tony's not here to rant off the rest of it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right, so until next week for Hector, this is James. For James, this is Hector. Adventures, good night. And good game. Good game.